Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. This is Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm Chad Dotson. He's Chris Garber. We're going to talk now about baseball. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chad. Let's do this. The Cincinnati Reds, they, well, they lost today. Uh, but... Before today, they had won five out of six games, and all of a sudden, if I know Chris Garber at all, I know that he was extremely excited about the state of the Cincinnati Reds. They almost got to 500. They could have done that today when they when they lost because of their their, their bullpen. But anyway, how excited are you, Chris? Uh, about the same as I have, have been. <laughs> this team is what it is, but... For so many weeks now, I've been every time we, we open, I always say, "Well, you know, kind of treading water again." At least we had a good week, if only because these Redlegs actually went to St. Louis and swept a four-game series on the road against the uh, the Cardinals, as one of my uh, cousins used to call them when we were younger. I mean, that was good. That's better than the other way. It is better than the other way. Thanks for that crack analysis, Chris Garber. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's like it happens. You go to the well too often with me. You're gonna it's diminishing returns. I think. I think you're right. So, um, but you know, again, I think what you said is actually correct. They're kind of still the team that we we thought they were going to be. I said they had a chance to get to 500 a day, and what happens? Well, you know, the bullpen happens. It just this team is. Never going to. I can't see this team making any kind of a long run, or, or uh, really, uh, you know, having a you know seven, eight, nine game winning streak, something like that, to really take command in this uh, in this division because you just you can't navigate that bullpen every night. It's just it's a, uh, whoo, yeah. Like Speaking of bullpens, let me tell you about the story of the week. I want to get your opinion. I'm sure you saw the video of the uh, interview with. Uh, the closer for everyone's favorite baseball team, uh, Stephen Shoke, who's a University of Virginia closer. They're in the two games from the College World Series. Did you see the interview with this guy? Yeah, that guy's a, that guy's a character. <laughs> He's a character. He, uh, some guy offered him dipping dots if he'd blow, throw the game and he wouldn't do it. And then he kind of thinks he's Kenny Powers. So I don't yeah, know why. Well, I, I always follow. Go ahead. No, I don't know why I mentioned that, except I just, you know, wanted to talk. That was a fun thing that happened in baseball this it week, was. too. Well, and as Reds fans, we should always follow University of Virginia closers very closely. <laughs> ah, a little Nick Howard uh, reference you there. Might, might, seven or eight years from then, you might see them having a good year in Double A. Gosh. Well, what I wanted to ask you about that because we do need to talk about the Reds. But I, the reason I, I know you saw that interview, did you know that that uh, that particular Virginia pitcher actually transferred to Virginia? No. Do you, Polytechnic? It, he did not, but I'm going to give you one more guess as to where he transferred from to come to play uh, for the University of Virginia. Um. All right. Old Dominion University. <laughs> no, no, no. The University of Maryland at Baltimore County. Oh, wow. UMBC. Have you heard of them? How about, how about that? How about them apples? <laughs> I don't know. Boy, we're just really, this is... I didn't know they had a baseball team, but... Speaking of, I didn't know they had a baseball team. Let's talk about the Reds. <laughs> you know, I wrote about uh, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos this week uh, for uh, for the magazine. And I want to get your thoughts about those two. They've kind of, uh, with all the injuries the Reds have had recently, the, my thesis was that these two, you know, really kind of kind of carried the team at a, at a time when it really could have gone really bad. They've kept them treading water, basically. 
Well, now we've, we've we've used this metaphor twice. Now, didn't yes is that is Nick Crawl's direct quote, right? We're yeah. Reds twenty twenty one. We're treading water. Yeah. Oh boy, that was the a brutal interview. Now it's was, it was basically we're keeping our head above water. He said so. It's the same thing, but yeah. yeah. Ugh. Not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. Pitching stuff. I know that ERA. We're not great. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, I, you know, I saw that, and if you haven't seen it, go go seek out uh, the quotes from from Nick Crawl this weekend, or this week. I guess it was over the weekend, maybe early this week. And I just, I got the I got, two things came to. Me. I was like, oh man, this poor guy. He's just he's set up to fail. But the second thing was, this is the print version of a hostage video. <laughs> Somehow, do you think there's like some some secret code messages in here? If we if we uh, isolate his blinks, he says like help me in Morse code. Right, yeah, guys, I'm, I can't, I don't have any choice. I can't do anything. You know, I've got to pick up waiver wire, uh, uh, bullpen uh, bullpen arms, and uh, including Brad Brock, who was released by the Mets and the Cubs. Michael Feliz waived by the Pirates. Ashton Godot waived by the Rockies, Dodgers, Orioles, Giants, Pirates. Carson Fulmer waived by the Pirates, Orioles, Tigers, White Sox, and Art Warren, who came back today and gave up a run, waived by the Mariners and sold by the Rangers. There's your Reds 2021 bullpen. So we're in an era when pitching is more dominant, perhaps, than any time in the last 55 years. Right. When hitters across the league are striking out what 24 25% of the time and the Cincinnati Reds have let's see how many relievers with an ERA above the league average the answer is one literally I think Sean Doolittle was was there but I think his he took a beating again today yeah but all of those were were Two of those were assigned to Luis Castillo, mm. so it may not be as bad as, uh, as nah, all that. I, but. Oh, I, I had it. I had it sorted for qualifier, so I guess Gudo is still Guda enough. <laughs> you know, thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> I think cut. Um, but yeah, I mean, all I'm saying there's there's effective and if not dominant pitchers all over the place. And somehow they have none of them here. Yeah, they've not migrated to Cincinnati. It's just, gosh, I, I hate to keep talking about it, but it's the single biggest problem with this team, and and we all knew. And I think Nick Kroll, uh, Ridge General Manager Nick Kroll, knew as well, obviously, coming into the season. You, you, know, you give away two quality relievers, and we can argue about how, how much quality Rosella Iglesias and, and Archer Bradley uh, were going to be for this year's team, but you give them away for free and you're leaning on, you know, CNL Perez and Heath Hembry, you kind of get what you're asking for. And it's the single biggest thing to me standing between the Reds, uh, having a chance, uh, being an also ran and having a chance at competing this kind of, kind of garbage division, really, like we expect. Well, yeah, well, as, as, as Nick Crawl says, uh, they're, they're here for a reason. <laughs> What's that reason? They're here because we believe in them, and they will continue to get opportunities. <laughs> and and things change. I really believe things will get going in the right direction for our bullpen. Oh God! Dear leader, remain strong and resolute. <laughs> our direction and our path is clear. Oh, uh, you Sorry. think he? You- you think he's got a little Kim uh, Jong Castellini? You think he's got a little Kim Jong Castellini, like uh, you know, bobblehead or something in his office that I, he's 
has to pray to twice a day. I don't know what's going on. I mean, yeah, Nick Crawl. I mean, I, I have like at the same time no sympathy for him, and I completely understand his situation. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you'd take that job though, wouldn't you? If it were offered, if you're if you're in the front office and you got a chance to be a big I, league general manager, I guess. But but it doesn't mean that I have to take his nonsense seriously that he says out there on the interviews. Yeah, I think I would just not do interviews rather than say things that are so ludicrous on their face, <laughs> just embarrassing. I don't know. I I I, I mean, I think at, at some point maybe. And I, 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 it doesn't. I, I'm, not, I'm making this up. At some point in a real world, the message would get through to the owners when we're all the pomp and circumstance about reopening day and full capacity, and then they they bring in what ten thousand or something like that. Come on, don't exaggerate. It was eleven thousand something. All right. What what they do today? You know, I don't know. It was not. It couldn't be much more. I had the game on and. Uh... I bet we could find that information if we uh, used uh, the interwebs. Well, well, tomorrow when the paper gets here, I'll let you know. Okay, yeah, be sure to. 12,423 today. It's trending in the right direction. (laughs) Yeah. That that, that was, and it rained on that reopening day, I guess, you know, but I don't know why why you would go. Why would you go give Kesslin your money? If you want to go and have a, you know, summer shandy and hang out, whatever, that's, that's something, but. I don't get it. That's twice this podcast has been brought to you by Summer Shandies. It's <laughs> my favorite name of a quasi beer. Um, so about the bullpen, I wanted to talk about something else, and we kind of veered off as we do. But about the bullpen, Michael Lorenzen's coming back, and the news this week was that um, he's going to be a reliever when he gets back instead of a starter, which he wanted to be. So that's probably the only you know decision they could have made. I think right. Is that a uh, we're, we're we're obviously desperate type decision? I think it's a, probably a we're desperate for relief, and Lorenzo can help us all, combined with you know it's gonna how long will it take him once he's ready to return? How long will it take him to you know stretch out to be a be a starter? I guess so we can get him back quicker that way maybe. Yeah, I guess that's it. Do we um, do we know uh, how his shape is? Is it the best of his life or? <laughs> Just remarkable or as I update on this exercise. I, I don't have an update, but the way I understand it is ever since he was, I think, 16 years old, every day that followed uh, the last day has been he's been in the best shape of his life. <laughs> it gets better every single day. Every day. Yeah. So until he's like to he'll turn 40 at some point and, you know, it'll all fall apart. But until then, uh, it's uh, well, it started at 32 for me, buddy. So. I'll let you know when I get to 32 how how I feel. How I feel. Yeah. So uh, circling back to Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, and I wanted to get your opinion on something that uh, that that I've kind of made made the case for a little bit. And I want to talk about Castellanos and his con- contractual situation. Obviously, he can opt out after this year and be a free agent if he wishes. He signed this uh, four-year deal that's uh, kind of masquerading as a one-year deal, but uh, he didn't opt out after last year. He has an op- opportunity to opt out after this year. If he doesn't opt out after this year, I believe, if I understand it correctly, he's here for the next two seasons. So now, if you let's, let's, let's I know this is ridiculous to say, but let's imagine for a moment that the Reds have, have something that a front office that's not dysfunctional, have a, a management structure that's not dysfunctional. 
in a in a real professional sports organization, do you go to his uh, agent and say, what can we do to ensure that you're here for at least the next two years or, or maybe even more? Do you, do you try to renegotiate? Do you try to, what are your thoughts there? Should the Reds try to do that? I, yeah. I mean, I'd always have those conversations. So he's, he's 29. You figure he's, he's pretty well established his level, which is really high. Right. Um, tons and tons and tons of extra base hits. I, yeah, I have that conversation and, and make them say no. Oh, and let's imagine the, the scenario where we have, uh, we are privy to the, uh, the information that they didn't even try. They're just hoping that he's going to not opt out. Doesn't that seem like more of a likely scenario? Right I now? think they want him to opt out, Chad. Oh no, don't say that. I think they want him to opt out so they don't have to pay him that money. And then pin it on him. Keep mm-hmm. playing that small market card. You know, gosh, what do you want to do, guys? We signed the guy to the contract and he just didn't want to stay. Ugh. Do, do you think that there's, again, and we're, a lot of this is speculation. We don't, we don't well, we have some information, but um, I think that the Reds need to get, kind of go all in on uh, talking to Winker and Tyler Malley and uh, Luis Castillo and try to lock those guys up for, you know, at least uh, get a, some of their, buy out their Arb years and then a couple of free agent years if possible. And I, there's not a lot of hope right now, I guess, that they might. Oh, there's plenty of hope. That's all there is. <laughs> oh, oh, it's not a strategy. Somebody told me that once. It's a strategy. Oh, man. What's frustrating is this team kind of got close to having a real team for the first time in a while <laughs> and they're still close but oh yeah they are close but they and they they were close they were close in uh october and november but they didn't go far enough castellani got you in the playoffs what are you asking for oh yeah that's right i, I remember that that minute it was almost literally just a minute. Um, well, Jesse Winker's good though, and Nick Castellanos are—they're good. They're fun to watch. They're good. They're good. They're fun to watch. Um, wish they'd make the whole team out of them. Yeah, really. Right. Why don't they make the whole plane out of a black box? If that's the only thing that survives the crash. Um, that's my lame uh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Who are the ad wizards that came up with this one? <laughs> Oh goodness! Hey, uh, speaking of Jesse Winker, he had three home runs in a game this weekend. That, that's a lot. That's a lot in one game. He's the oh, what was it? The first of all, he, he tied for the league lead in home runs, which is crazy because Jesse Winker, I, nobody nobody expected that. But uh, first player in Reds history to hit three homers in a game twice in one season, and he uh, tied his career high. Or no, he beat his career high. 17 home runs already. We're just in June. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's something fun to talk about. All right, I'm out of fun things to talk about. All right. Well, it's, that's been episode 367 of Red Leg Nation Radio. All right, 367. I'm Chris. That was Chad. We'll be back with you next week for more fun talk. <laughs> I really wish we could stop it right now. We could, actually. There's nothing stopping us. I just wrapped. <laughs> Joey Votto came back. We got to talk about that. Joey Votto came back from the injured list. I like him. He had a home run. I like him. Whatever. Good. Welcome back, Joey Votto. Did you see his uh, comments about the Cardinals? I love it. I love it. 
Joey yeah, Votto he, just uh, <laughs> kind of being weird is my favorite Joey Votto. Ah, <laughs> uh, he doesn't give many cares. He does not. He puts on you know the the bandana on his head and um, prison Joey they call him. <laughs> and uh, he just went off on Cardinals fans, so I'm I'm here for that. Sonny Gray got hurt. That wasn't good. He's on the injured list, but at how's least his gro- how's his groin? He uh, pulled a groin, and so he's out. Uh, I presume it was his groin that he I'm pulled sorry. his groin out. <laughs> uh, supposedly, he's only going to miss a couple starts, is what they're telling us. But oh uh, well, usually when we get information like that, it's accurate and reliable. So <laughs> exactly. that's really good to hear. Yeah, he's working out with Nick Massett now to get uh, to get uh, prepared for his next start. Um, Sean Marshall says yeah, yeah. that he'll be fine. Boy, these are deep Red Lake Nation Radio deep cuts here, man. We're really going into the into like the. A, I'm like a regular uh, Earl Bailey. <laughs> the best part about Sonny Gray getting injured, um, and there is a best part. It's obvious that we get to see Art Warren again. Did you know that was a guy? <laughs> no, it's not his guy. Is it really? It's a guy, Art Warren. Art Warren. Goodness. Gracious, this team. They've got uh, I, they've got 18 players that I really love. They have eight, pro, about 18 players that are actual major league baseball players that are, are good baseball players. It's a good roster once you get go when you go 1 to 18. And then after oh, that, I remember Art Art Warren's the the Cincinnati guy, University of Cincinnati. Oh, that's right. I remember I remember the big uh well, not big. Moderate <laughs> hoopla about this when he was signed in offseason. I'm not sure moderate even. Uh, I think that might be. Art was happy. Art was happy, and there, you know, some guy that remembered him pitching for uh, for yeah, the University yeah. of Cincinnati, as you as you say. So Art was, uh, according to the the records here, is a uh, born in a town in Ohio called Defiance, Ohio. Mm. And uh, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but uh, my freshman year, there was a a little bit different kid in my dorm, and uh, we, you know, just getting to know each other. And he, he introduced himself and he says, I've lived in defiance all of my life. <laughs> I like I thought, it. We're like, wow, this guy's a kind of a kind of a rebel, you know, <laughs> kind of a, some kind of a protest guy or activist. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 you know, what what are you into? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, what are you defying? <laughs> oh, no, it's just it's, it's the town where I, was, where I was born. So he wasn't fighting the power. No, no, he wasn't. He just. <laughs> Had resided in that town his whole life. I think I was the weird guy in the dorm. I'm sad to say. I was the uh, you know uh, I grew up in a town called Wise, Wise, Virginia, and so you know I've always used the you know and for for a long time uh, about a decade and a half I was a judge so I was I was the wise judge. No, there go. Eh, whatever. Art Warren, I don't know. Tony Santillan uh, looks like he might be coming up to pitch. Hey, is that right? It is. It, it looks like it, maybe. Although I know either TJ Antone is, is either hurt. This we, we didn't oh. talk about this. He's either hurt or he's going to start on Sunday in Sunny Gray's uh, place because we just had a three game series against the uh, first place team in the National League Central, and a bunch of jokers came out of the bullpen, and TJ Antone did not pitch once. And and David Bell today after the game was really kind of cryptic. He's like, well, we'll talk about that tomorrow. He wasn't available today. So maybe that means they're going to start T.G. Antone, and I'll celebrate. I've been thinking it was going to be Santillan, but Bill's comments today made me wonder. Maybe T.G. Antone just, like, didn't feel like it. 
He was tired. He, you know, just uh, he'd prefer not to. Oh, little Bartleby the Shrivener. Yeah, I uh, I I like to throw in a little little Bartleby <laughs> gag whenever I can. The the folks that listen to this show are probably the most literate fans, and if there's anything they like, it's it's uh, deep cuts. Actually, it's not a deep cut, but from the Melville uh, short fiction canon. I would I would love to, and maybe I need to uh, retain Gallup to uh, to do a poll for me, but I would love to know the percentage of the. Uh, of our listeners who understood that the Bartleby reference before we actually, uh, <laughs> I think there's a, there's a high overlap between readers of Putnam's magazine and red leg nation radio listeners. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. You go with Antone or do you bring up Santion? Like Antone starting? Yes. Um, no, I think I'll let Santion do it. Wow. We've, we've switched around. I think I'm, I think I kind of agree with you, but it's only because the bullpen's so bad. They need Antone. Yeah, I mean, you know how you and I both have raged against that particular play for years and years, but at this point I'm completely convinced that it's desperate times. They need somebody to throw the relief out there. Oh, man, I can't believe this now, is where we've ended up. Now, well, here's an idea, and I don't remember – I read this somewhere online, and I don't know if it was a, a Reds commenter. It could have been one of our listeners, or, or maybe it was about a different team, but – what about the idea of a four-man rotation? And like a, Thinking, bull, a bullpen day on the fifth day? Well, no, no, no fifth day. Just Ooh. have the guys go every four days. The idea being you're, you're only throwing them five or six innings anyhow. You know, cut it down two times through the order and they're out. And then you use that other spot for another reliever. Hmm. And I believe, well, you got to find another reliever first, but... Um, Interesting. I believe we have uh, more off days this year than in any season since they they went to 162 games. Maybe I'm making that up, but I'm pretty sure I, I, I oh, saw no that. Kidding. So if that's hmm. the case, maybe you could you could maybe make that case. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just trying to think about. Um, you know, I think that entails bringing on uh, having guys throw more, longer relief outings. Which again is something really that the Reds have not haven't done much of. I don't think this right. year. Right. What about just bringing up uh, Hunter Green and Nicoladolo and calling it a day? Do it. You know what I found out though. I was a little embarrassed that I didn't know this, but you know, no one is going to listen to this podcast is going to think that I have any kind of you know actual knowledge or that I'm well informed. You can't bring somebody up from trip from Double A this year. Yeah, what is that? I, I just saw something about that the other day. I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, it's like uh, COVID rules for something. You got to have like maybe only your AAA team can be in the. Uh, I'm not going to do any research before we do this podcast, so I don't know all <laughs> the rules, but I just know you can't bring them up from AA. And so my answer to that is well, get Hunter Green and Nicoladolo to AAA as soon as possible. Yeah, did I hear David Bell basically say something? On, I think somebody might have asked David Bell this, and he was basically like, he, yeah, we'll, we'll figure that part out. Don't worry about us. We, we're smart enough to bring the guy to AAA first or something. Do, do you think that uh, – do you think they are smart enough? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I, I want – I don't know. This – 
division is garbage. The Reds have some really good uh, pieces. I don't know why they're not moving heaven and earth to get guys who actually have actual arms. Tony Santillan in the bullpen, frankly. Yeah, start him or whatever, but he should have been up in the bullpen instead of, you know, Heath Hembry, Brad, <laughs> Brad Brock. Why not? You have actual arms in the organization. Why are they not helping the Reds? Ugh. I'm going to be mad at Heath Hembry for the rest of my life. It's not his fault. No, it's not, but still. The Reds have had three outings, three bullpen outings of more than two innings. T.J. Antone uh, threw three and two-thirds. T.J. Antone threw three. And T.J. Antone threw two and two-thirds. Oh, no, sorry. Ashton Godot threw two and a third. I'm, I'm gonna. But honestly, it's it's you know Antone Sims did it. Sims threw a couple innings a couple times. Fulmer's thrown two innings a few times. But that's what they got to do. They've got to cut down the number of guys. It's if you have very few to no reliable relievers, use fewer relievers in a game. <laughs> Makes sense to me. You know what I mean? It's like if you. It's like you have a. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 a if you roll the dice and you you lose on one two three four or five, like and you roll the dice once and you get a six. Stop rolling the dice. You know it happened today. It happened with uh, with Wade Miley's last start, where David Bell and I kind of defended him because it makes sense to to get these guys out of the game before they're you know the third time through the lineup. Obviously the stats are always bad. But uh, some people kind of gave me some pushback on Twitter on that. I, I kind of rethought it a little bit. And it's uh, we have a good viewer mail question actually from uh, Matt Lacron. Do we give Bell a smidge of credit for finally letting a starter go more than six innings, which he did with uh, of all people Vladimir Gutierrez, who's looked really good through his first three starts in Cincinnati. Um, so uh, kind of tagging onto what you were saying, maybe we just need to let see if we can let the starters go a little bit longer, just because you know you got nobody to, out there to. Yeah. I think that's part of it. You know, I think we know that starters are, are much less effective the third time through the order. And on most teams, a tired or, you know, used up starter is not as effective as a fresh reliever and an unfamiliar reliever. But on this team, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I mean, a, 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 a gassed Wade Miley is probably, you know, in some instances you may decide he's better than, you know, CNL Perez. Oh, CNL Perez. Gosh, this bullpen. We're going to talk more about the bullpen later because we got a good viewer mail question. Like we got some good, several good viewer mail questions. I don't know how many we'll be able to get to today, but let's dive into them right now and, and see what we can do. Let's dive. These questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio where you too can support the podcast. And let me just say, we got we got no new subscribers this week, and I'm a little, a little disappointed in you all. Bunch of freeloaders. Come on, I need some new uh, new subscribers. Otherwise, we're going to have to listen to questions from Joe Farsing every week. First question comes from Joe Farsing. Mr. Garber. That's, ever, that's you. Ever see a guy say goodbye to a shoe? What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I thought that must be some kind of pop culture reference that I didn't understand. I'm baffled. Ever see a guy say goodbye to a shoe? I'm, uh... 
I don't know. I feel like he's he's. Oh my gosh, we should have known this. Simpsons thing. I, we should have known this. It's uh, what's his name? The uh, oh Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio. I'm. I, I just <laughs> d- d- goad it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man, I'm, I'm embarrassed that we Sorry, neither of us. Joe. Yeah, we let Joe down, didn't we? I even watched that episode like three or four months ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeeves wasn't fast enough to get that to me. Homer says yes once. That's the joke. <laughs> yes once. Nathan Connor re- replied, ha ha, yes once. Oh, that's funny. Oh, sorry, Joe, we let you down. Um, Mike Perry has a question that's going to take, would take way too long to answer, but I'll, we'll try to get the short answer. Mike Perry asks, how did you grow Red Leg Nation to where it is today? Well, that's a, yeah, that's a, we actually did, I think um, we did a Patreon podcast uh kind of talking about that at one point um you know 2005 the short version here is 2005 the blogs were all the rage you remember that chris oh the good old days oh, the good old days of, of web logs and um i said you know what i want to write about the reds because i'm an idiot and so i uh you know talked to a couple guys who had been uh one of whom is, is with me here, Chris Garber. One, another one is uh, Bill Lack. And uh, we'd been on this uh, Cincinnati Reds listserv, an email listserv. You know what that is? Just Yeah, to ask Jeeves what that is. Yeah, go ask Jeeves um, what an email listserv. And we said, eh, we'll, we'll try it. And somehow it kind of caught on a little bit, whatever. It's a lot longer story than that, but uh, uh, basically just madness. Loving this team and wanting to talk about it every day. That's the answer. Madness. Chuck Nichols asks, and I'll give, maybe we'll do another Patreon podcast at some point, uh, Mike, to uh, give you a fuller answer about the history of, of Red Leg Nation. Chuck Nichols, happy Thursday, fellas. Um, Thanks, Chuck. That was really nice of Chuck, wasn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> I think uh, we don't do enough to acknowledge just like simple courtesies in life. Yeah, these days, absolutely. I had a couple questions, but we're going to go with this one. How about Vlad? Vladimir. Gutierrez. He's doing well, but how long will it take for the league to adjust? Vladimir Gutierrez is a 25-year-old who was, uh, you know, not too far in the past um, suspended for 80 games for using performance-enhancing substances. Through three starts, he has a... uh, He's pitched 17 innings, 2-1 record, 2.65 ERA. uh, You know, and he's not look perfect, but he's looked pretty good. He looks way better on the mound than he does in his baseball reference uh, profile photo there. Have you seen that, Chris Garber? Uh, I need you to look it up. He's kind of rough looking in that one, isn't he? Well, his eyes are closed. (laughs) I don't understand it. He's just like, you know, maybe he thinks that the the camera will take your soul. That's what an early thought was about the camera. He's got a cool spider. Yeah, he's got uh, some great tattoos. I don't know, you know, what do we think about Vladimir Gutierrez? I think he's, yes, the, the league will adjust to him at some point because he's a 25-year-old pitcher, and that's what happens to every 25-year-old pitcher. But so far, so good. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, pleasantly surprised, I guess. Uh, I, You know, like most of the Reds' um, international signings and draft picks, for that matter, I had written him off after many years of doing nothing. But, uh, 
you know, he has looked good. Yeah, and he's still young enough to to be. And you know, he looked he looked pretty good in uh, in Louisville this year. And a couple of years ago, he was kind of getting it together. Maybe. Um, no, no, the twenty nineteen look good in the international league. No, now that I look at it for Louisville, but uh, I don't know. He he looks the part on the mound. His uh, his stuff looks good. Fingers crossed, but. He may end up being a bullpen guy, and it could end up being a really good bullpen guy when he can go max effort on each on each pitch. Yeah, who knows? Maybe somebody taught him some stuff. Yeah, it's good. Or to... maybe he's just got a handful of pine tar, and in two weeks they change the rules, and he's no good anymore. Is that who knows? Really, is that really that big of a problem? I, we, I keep hearing this. I got no idea. I got no idea. Yeah. I think everyone, it should be mandatory to use any kind of substance you want to use. It should be mandatory to use any kind of uh, performance-enhancing drug you want to use. It should be mandatory. That's my opinion on these. Well, that's, you know, I, that's what uh, I agree. I think freedom should be mandatory. <laughs> Absolutely. Charles Zollers asks us, is it time to shop Nick Senzel, this trade deadline, and move on? I understand he's not at the peak of his value. However, nobody really trades players at the peak of their values in Cincinnati. Time to shop Nick Senzel. I'm a little, uh, maybe I'm bias when it comes to Sinzel. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, sure. Shop him. Can you get I mean, it? he's so low. That's what we always say. Can you get anything for him? Um, I don't think so. So the, to me, he's, he's, he's more valuable here until he proves that he can do something. But you know, he, have you noticed he's injury prone? Uh, no, I thought he just like took a lot of vacations. Maybe. He's in Key West right now with Bill Lack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a, a reality show I want to watch. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Number two overall pick, folks. Yeah. No, I don't think it's time to shop him. Now, you're fully justified in saying, you know, whatever. If he if he turns into something, okay. But until that time, I'm not going to believe in him because of the, all the injuries. And he's never performed really. You see these kind of glimpses. But I, I don't know. He's cheap right now. I don't know why you. I don't know why you would trade him. I'd trade him for Ian Anderson. Pick number three in the same draft. Would you now? Mm-hmm. Would you pick trade him for uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Mickey Morandini that was uh, drafted <laughs> number one. What was that guy's name? Oh no, um, Mickey Moniak. Yeah, no, right. I would not. So, we beat the Phillies on that one. Well, well, no, because Moniak only has a negative .1 career <laughs> wins above replacement. Don't do this. Well, <laughs> Nixon Zells is negative .6. Gosh. Hey, the Pirates pick in that draft is a negative .7. <laughs> Stupid Pirates. And I think he's the guy that was on that goofy play, wasn't he? What's his name? Will Craig. What goofy player are you talking about? The guy who uh, Javier Baez is running around like a lunatic, and you know, I think you might be right. I, when you said, I thought you were talking about this, this week when uh, what's his name, Cabrian Hayes, is that his name for Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. He uh, hit a home run and missed first base. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell a little story here. That's uh, my daughter doesn't listen to this podcast, so don't please no one no one tell her, but. My daughter was, uh, you know, she uh, she she's in college now. She just 
finished her first year of college, but she uh, you know played a lot of softball back in the day and a lot of travel softball. And her first uh, her first home run that she ever hit in uh, in travel softball, she was a I guess she was probably a twelve year old at the time. She missed first base. Oh no, no. Oh, it was. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. And uh, the guy that was uh, was coaching first base, I was one of the coaches, but he said she missed it by like four feet. <laughs> she wasn't even close. I don't know what she was doing. She was so excited, I guess. She was excited, yeah. So I uh, I uh, texted her the, the story about the guy missing first base, and she sent me back uh, emojis that showed that she was not pleased with the uh, – <laughs> this many years later, she was not pleased. She later uh, hit one that uh, she hit all the bases on, and I – when I asked her if she hit all the bases, she was not happy with me asking her that question either. <laughs> Similarly displeased, huh? Yes. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not the best dad, I think is what I'm telling you here. <laughs> uh, no, I don't shop Sinzel, but if you had some value, I might. I guess that's the answer to that question. Nathan Connor. Hey, guys. Remember those dugout jackets the Reds had in the old days? The ones with the player's last name stitched on the back? We need to bring those back. Parentheses. This feels like a Chris Farley show question. You remember the Chris Farley awesome. show? I think that was on television. <laughs> it was on television. That would be awesome. Is that yeah. what I say? The best one was uh, when he had uh, Paul McCartney on there. He's like, hey, you remember the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does sound like that a little bit. But uh, yeah, those were those, those jackets were awesome. You know, I've been doing a, Yeah, those jackets were fantastic. I've... Uh, for some reason, in my head—the first one that comes to my mind—I I got Norm Charlton and I've got the Tim Leana wearing one of those. The late Tim Leana. The late Tim Leana, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, well, you remember Norm Charlton because he was wearing it when he plowed into uh, Mike Sosha. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're not allowed to do that anymore. He would be canceled, I think, or something. I don't understand how this works. Um, lately, uh, this question reminds me that lately I've been uh, doing this. Uh, trying to minimize i've been trying to you know really in, in you know the number of years that oh, you're uh, th throwing stuff away i'm throwing stuff out i'm just like we, we how do we accumulate this much stuff you know and all these doesn't years, bring you joy exactly where it's uh what's the what's the marie kondo marie kondo or, yeah, yeah, yeah gotta gotta spark joy so uh i'm in my garage throwing some things out and i found uh i found uh, the the whatever the magazine they give out to the stadium you know for junior griffey's first year and a bunch of stuff. But I also found my old starter jacket, my old Reds starter Love jacket. Love it. Love oh, it. I'm going to. You didn't gonna, throw that out, did you? Not yet, but I'm working my way up to it. If somebody wants it, you can have it. But uh, you could probably get some coin on uh, the eBay on that. You think so? I think you could. I may try that. That's a lot of effort. I think I've got one of my parents' uh, basement hanging in a closet down there. Oh, man. The old starter jacket. I'm going to model that on uh, Instagram one of these days. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? That's a, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I think you might be leading me idea. astray. No, 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 no. It's a good idea. You should definitely do that. Ugh. Looks good on you. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Today I, I did the Instagram something I found out there. Some of my old cassette tapes from high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. Go Pantera check. and stuff. No Pantera. I had some new edition. Oh, there we go. Big Daddy Kane. I was I like a, I was I like a weird kid in high school. I was oh. weird. So if you want a glimpse of that, go go to the Instagram. I'll check it out. No, don't. Joey Gaditza, what's more exciting, Chad? The Islanders moving to the Final Four or the Reds getting back to 500? 
Well, the the uh, the Reds didn't did not get back to five hundred. They lost today, so they're two hundred. Yeah, uh, the Islanders. That's a hockey team. Uh, you like the hockey? Uh, are they still playing? Some teams are, including the New York Islanders. I've told the story here why I picked the Islanders. You know, somebody gave me a uh, card of an Islander, a hockey card. It was not a baseball card. It was a hockey card, and uh, so I picked the Islanders. And so until Cincinnati gets a team, I guess I'll still be an Islanders fan. And I've, I've watched more Islanders. Uh, this playoffs than I've watched uh well probably than I watched Reds actually. <laughs> I think about it. I don't know. The Reds are on the background. I don't know how much I'm watching them sometimes. Um the Islanders are fun. Kent Schroeder, one of our uh, one of our buddies here at the uh, Red Leg Nation Radio, patreon.com slash Red Leg Radio. He's an Islanders fan as well, so that's uh, something we and he uh, sent me some of his thoughts that too long to talk about on viewer mail, but uh, appreciated the thoughts. Hey uh, hockey playoff hockey's fun. <laughs> playoff hockey's really fun. It's too it's too stressful for me. I can't handle it. I assume you're a Blue Jackets guy. Well, such you know, as much as it is, yeah. But I, it's just I can't imagine being a fan of a really good team where you got to go through two months of playoff hockey. Well, you know, again, and I'm not I'm not obsessed with it, but I've watched every one of their games, and uh, this Bruins series they're supposed to lose, and I'm like, it it gets down, you know, it's tied going into the last couple minutes. It is frantic. That's the word I would use. Frantic. All right. Good playoff hockey talk. Rex Scott asks, It's been rare for years to see most starting pitchers go more than five or six innings. This causes teams to have to carry more pitchers and fewer utility infielders or outfielders. Gone are the days that you could count on stalwart reserves like Daryl Chaney, Dan Dreesen, Mike Lum, or Merv Rettenmund to come off the bench. It when has started. been many years. It has been when a starting pitcher hurt in his rest. If you have a shoddy patchwork bullpen like the current Red Squad, that makes the problem all the more acute. Please comment on this dilemma. And please also add to my list of great backups in Reds history. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I want to. I don't think we can top that uh, list, but uh, uh, maybe I'm mis misrepresenting you here. But for years, you've been kind of vocal about. Seems to me that about teams carrying so many freaking relievers. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm against it. Um, I, I the you. I, it's just, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a little bit of an old man yelling at clouds because the game has changed and the way they use relievers has changed and so forth and so on. But uh, it's, it just seems like, uh, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. I think it, it encourages managing like you see in these games where they bring in five, six, seven guys each game. Yeah, and, and it changed a little bit with a three, you know, three batter rule. But still, it's uh, as soon as you pitch those three hitters, let's let's switch it. Let's switch a reliever. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm an old man yelling at clouds too. But I guess maybe because I am an old man, and literally just today I went out in my backyard and yelled at a cloud. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Seth Shainer. I just saw Lucas Sims give up three runs, two or a charge to Luis Castillo. But am I wrong to be enthused about the next few weeks and months? Castillo's getting it together. Guys are getting healthy, and things are starting to click a little bit more. Convince me I'm either wrong or right to be excited. Uh, here's, my, here's my opinion. I think that if uh, there's ever a moment to be excited, it might be right now. Because, you know, Votto's back. Mustak's going to be back. He's going out on a rehab assignment soon. Lorenzen's coming back. And so you're getting some players that are better than the guys we currently have here. And while those guys were gone, the Reds are you know, roughly 500. So... If they can improve, it's coming here soon. If they're going to make a run, it's coming here soon, maybe. So and I, I think you're right. What are your thoughts, Chris? 
I think you can be excited if you want to be. Uh, I'm not personally all that excited because I've been watching them some. But if you want to be excited and that makes you happy and enjoy the summer, then do it. Exactly. Yeah, no. I'm optimistic more than I'm excited, I think. is is, And just I think that there's a chance. But that's me just always hoping that something good is going to happen and end up getting smacked around. <sighs> Rich Thompson. A couple more questions here, Chris. And we'll uh, we'll call it a night. Rich Thompson. Dear Chad and Chris, when you guys played baseball, what were your uniform numbers? Did any of them by chance also happen to be one of your favorite Reds players' numbers too? What was your number when you played Deb? Or did you have a number that you... I, I had a number. With? We we did have numbers. Um, we didn't have names on the back. We had numbers. I was number eight. Was there a reason for that? No, it was kind of what was given to me when I was, uh, I don't know, ninth grade, 10th grade, somewhere in there. So not not because of Joe Morgan? Not because telling. of Joe Morgan, no. I like Joe Morgan, but I was not uh, really inspired by Joe Morgan any way that I played. You're, uh, I noticed that your commentary, your baseball commentary here on the on the podcast res- <laughs> yeah. resembles Joe Morgan's. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> It's pain, you know, tough but fair. <laughs> My first year in a little league, I uh, I wore number five, and I and I requested it because of Johnny Bench. But actually, I first requested thirty six. They didn't have thirty six. Do you know who I wanted to be in in little league as a nine year old? No, no. who is number thirty six? Mario Soto. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, good, I wanted good. to be Mario Soto, and they didn't have that, so I said, "Well, okay, my dad likes Johnny Bench, so I'll ask for five. And I was five up until the point where it, it became apparent that I was the last guy on the bench and I had to take whatever uniform number was available. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, number, you know, 19 or whatever, which is a good number now, but maybe in the day, back in the day it was not such a good number. So, um, so you didn't have, you didn't, uh, earlier even, you never really cared about what number you were. You just got what was assigned to you. Yeah. You know, when I was a, a little kid, I wanted to have number 14. Uh, but but there wasn't a number 14, so I got number yeah. 13. I stuck with that for a few years. But, you know, when you're in the Little League, you're, some years you were the young kid, some years you are the old kid, so some years you got your pick and some years you didn't. And a lot of times the, the jerseys were kind of uh, numbered by size. <laughs> right. So little fella like I was, you really kind of were number one, two, three, or four is kind of about all you had a choice of. Did you, now let me ask you this question. I don't know that we've ever discussed this. Did you play other sports uh, in in the high schools, and did you have a number in any of the other sports? No. Well, you know, I ran cross country uh, for a couple years, and I believe there was a number on the back of the jersey, but uh, I don't know why. I mean, at least at first, I think they got some new jerseys that didn't have numbers on them. Um, basketball, I had numbers, but I just took whatever I got because I was really bad. I was just glad to have a jersey. Uh, I wasn't good at basketball at all, but I was better at basketball than I was at, at baseball. And uh, I was assigned a number when I f- first made it to the varsity squad, and it was number 50 because that was the only New Jersey they had. And it was way too big for me, but that's the number I had. I was given and uh, as a sophomore. And so I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lean into it. And so I requested to keep it. You know, that once I got a chance to actually request my, my number, I was number 50. Now, I'm... 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's kind of surprising that a lot of teams would have a number 50 in the in the box. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was just what was left. I was the last guy that made it. But, you know, uh, my son, uh, actually, uh, as a freshman, he, he played on, on the varsity team last year. And uh, I tried to convince him, you, you need to you see if you can get number 50. And he thought, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm a point guard. Why well, am I going to wear number 50? <laughs> so, anyway, he's number 32. Um, Kyle Kapler, this bullpen or the 2016 bullpen? Good ones five years ago, am I right? This bullpen or the 2016 bullpen? Now, let me remind you all of the 2016 bullpen. This was a year in which the Reds were not good. You may be surprised to hear. Um, 68 and 94 behind manager Brian Price. Here's the the bullpen. Ooh. Um, the closer, oh my gosh, the closer, according to uh, Baseball Reference, and he did have the most saves, 17 saves, Tony Singrani. Mm. Rosella Iglesias was not the closer. He only had six saves, but he was in that bullpen. Was he a starter? Um, he started five games, but he, 32 out of the bullpen, finished 15. Uh, so th- those guys were pretty good that year. Well, Singrani wasn't great, but... Um, Here's the other guys. Blake Wood, the immortal mm-hmm. Ross Ollendorf. Ah, uh, yes. Jumbo Diaz. Uh, a very young Michael Lorenzo was in that one. Uh, Cody Reeve with a 7.36 ERA. Josh Smith, Josh A. Smith. Kevia Sampson. Robert Stevenson. Uh, J.C. Ramirez. I have no memory of J.C. Ramirez. Caleb Cotham. We've heard of him. Homer Bailey pitched uh, six. Uh, how do I end the. He's not in the bullpen. No, never mind. He started six games. He wasn't good. John Moscott. J.J. <laughs> Hoover. That was the last year of J.J. Hoover. Oh, my God. Sir. I, I had some fun with, with the 2015 and 16 bullpens the other night on Twitter. I was screwing around making uh, Twitter quizzes. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it. That was fantastic. Yeah. Which individual was was a member of the Reds bullpen and which was on the Sons of Anarchy television show. <laughs> Right, I know. Which member of the Donovan Hand? Which one of these was a member of the 2015 Reds, uh, or which one of these was a you know member of the Monkeys or something? That's what. It'd <laughs> uh, be a good poll. Yeah, I was. It was hard to figure out. The uh, Donovan Hand was a stumper for me. Donovan Hand, I remember that name. That's all I remember. I, remember that guy? The name. I don't. Remember, I just remember the name. So the the fact of the matter is that I think that if you go back and look at the 2016 bullpen, it's. There were some decent pitchers in there. It's it was a bit awful, horrible bullpen. I think this year's is worse. Even though we have no Ross Ollendorf, but what a memorable name! I, I I just checked up on Donovan Hand, and after he left the Reds, he signed for the 2016 season with the Chinese Professional Baseball League. I didn't know they had a Chinese professional baseball league. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's the Taiwan league. It's uh, oh. it's where uh, uh, you know your buddy Lisa Verto pitched last year. But the team I don't believe exists anymore. The team he pitched for was called the Brother Elephants. I like it, the Brother Elephants. I, I like it too. Oh, this is the team. They're just called Brothers now. Okay, uh. they were called the Brother Elephants, which fantastic. What are the Nippon, uh, this is Japanese league, but the ham, what was that? There's like the ham, the ham fighters. The ham fighters. Yeah. That's a good one. It's good. We should get better names in our, our lone league here. You don't like reds? 
They could do better. <laughs> they could do better. Uh, Chris Garber, can we answer one more question? Please. Let's do one more question, then we'll uh, we'll call it a night here on Red Lake Nation Radio. Oh, this comes from Mark Hyden, and what this question represents more than anything is if you, you know, toss a couple bucks our way at the Patreon, patreoncom Radio, you too can make fun of me. <laughs> oh, that's inappropriate. I like this is I like where this is going. <laughs> it's inappropriate, Mark. But I'm going to read your question. Here's the question: Springsteen on Broadway. But he can only play Dave Matthews Band songs, or Dave Matthews solo, and he can only play Springsteen songs from the 1990s, and he has to close with Glory Days. Well, that's from the 1980s, so this question is flawed. The question is flawed, but maybe he was just making an exception from Springsteen songs from the oh, 1990s okay. plus right. closing with Glory Days. Ooh. So, I don't like Bruce Springsteen. And that's not quite true. I just think he's the most overrated musical artist of our uh, lifetime. Is that unfair? Uh, it's no. He's he's certainly uh, in the conversation about most overrated. Right. It's not. I'm not saying he's the worst. I'm saying he's overrated. Dave Matthews is. Um, well, I like Dave Matthews. He's. I started to say he's underrated, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> He is not underrated. Uh, Definitely not. I mean, I, I'm I'm open to both these guys being in the same conversation. Come on, man! Dave Matthews Band, mm. Ants Marching, mm. Mm. Tripping yeah. Billies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crash into me. Uh huh. Uh huh. I said I was. I, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm, Mock I'm me. Just I'm, no. I'm, I'm, it, it mocks itself. <laughs> I walk into it. That's fine. Whatever. I don't care. I like Dave Matthews bad. I, I, I have an excuse. You know, I'm just looking here at the, the albums released by Bruce Springsteen in uh, the 1990s. He went seven years between 1995's Ghost of Tom Joad, which is a, a real banger, to uh, The Rising in 2002, which, again, is another real upbeat, thrilling, exciting album. Well, okay, I'll take your... So I don't want to listen to Dave Matthews sing any of that stuff. Why not? I don't enjoy the songs, and I don't know that Dave Matthews' vocalist is the strongest part of the Dave Matthews band experience. What about the fact that... Here's a little trivia question. Trivia time. Which which musical artist has released more albums in a row that debuted at number one on the charts. I don't know. Springsteen's got a whole bunch of them here. It's Dave Matthews band. Is that right? Debuted at number one, which is kind of ludicrous. I will concede. It just means he's got loyal fans who go buy everything he puts out. Don't come at me like that. Now. So the options are, I listen to Matthews, uh, ramble about Springsteen's mediocre nineties hits or, I listen to Springsteen, Grown, Matthews. Music. Now, is the E Street Band involved in this, or are they that's also good, excluded? That's a good question because much of what the, I like about Dave Matthews Band is the the band behind him. Um, you know, although they had to part ways with Boyd Tinsley because he he did things he did shouldn't he, have been doing. Did he dump the poop on the boat? <laughs> See, come on, that always has to come up. 
You understand that I've got a legitimate reason for being a Dave Matthews Band fan. I feel like I have yeah, to explain yeah, this. With it. Yeah, go ahead. I, <laughs> I, uh, I know those those fraternity parties that had 30,000 people at them. <laughs> it was a local band when I was in college, and so I don't know. I've kind of stuck with him. I will concede that I think he's better than Bruce Springsteen's garbage. Glory days. Throw that speedball by you. Come on. <laughs> As a baseball podcast, we often speak of the speedballs. Exactly. Um, but I will concede that uh, they're not nearly as good as fish. Fish, why don't we listen to the hold steady and take it out from there? Uh, I found some uh, some old uh, cassettes of uh, bootlegs of Dave Matthews Band uh, concerts when I was uh, cleaning out the garage, as I referenced earlier. Well, I've got one from a frat party in 1992 at the UVA. You want it? I'll give it to you. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. You want to toss that in your cassette player and uh, jam (laughs) out? Yeah, I don't think I have a cassette player. Not even a Walkman. Yeah, that's. uh, I found all these cassettes that I have, and I no, I I do not have a cassette player, nor a Walkman. Um, Okay, Chris, we got to wrap this thing up, man. Um, Any final thoughts? Go Reds. Go Reds. Go, go, go. I'm going to say nothing else other than this. Thank you, Chris, for joining me once again tonight. And for Chris Garber and Kim Jong Castellini, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week.